Welcome to Physicians Helping Attorneys Helping People. When people are injured due to negligence or while on the job, they need all the help they can get. Doctors Armin Feldman and Mike Bummer help ensure they get it. Join them as they discuss the newest medical subspecialty of medical legal consulting. Learn how attorneys can gain a competitive advantage in PI, workers' comp, and medical malpractice cases. Armin and Mike can help you better understand the medical issues in your cases, leading to larger settlement amounts and the best possible medical care for clients. They can help save you time and increase case value, all without breaking the bank. Let's get started. I'm Dr. Armin Feldman, and as always, I'm here with my friend, colleague, and partner in Physicians Legal Consultants, Dr. Mike Bummer. Hello, everyone. Dr. Mike Bummer, and we're back again with another episode. Whether you're listening on our audio podcast via you know Google Play or the iTunes uh, podcast station, you can also find us on YouTube now if you're watching this video, and you can find us by searching Physicians Helping Attorneys. Just plug that right into your YouTube search bar. And uh, yeah, we're excited to be doing the podcast this way. And, you know, we have a, a different episode today. So we should just jump right in, Armin. What do you say? Yeah, I think that would be great. Awesome. We're going to do questions and answers. We haven't really ever specifically gone through the various questions that we get via email. And oh, by the way, if you have any questions at any point, you can ask us anything by emailing us at comments at physicianshelpingattorneys.com. That's where these questions came from. And some of them are short. Some of them are a bit require a bit more explanation. But I think we should jump right in. And if you're okay, Armin, I will give you the first one and we'll just run through as many as we can. Okay. Yeah, first of all, I want to thank everybody who has sent in a question, and we're probably a little remiss in not doing this sooner, Mike, Uh, but we'll get to as many questions as we can in the time that we have allotted. You know, they come in sporadically, like we'll get one, two a week, random times in the evening, so I think that because last week we got a few right in a row, it hit us right around taping that why are we not answering these for everyone? Because if one person has a question, you know, like you're told in school by your teacher, if you have a question, ask it. Because if you have that question, there's probably a lot of other people who also have that question. That's right. So uh, let's get started. All right. Perfect. So this one just was really blunt. said, where are you located? Do you have a partner in the state of Illinois who could help me with a serious car crash involving neck pain and back pain. Right. You, you want you to feel that one, Mike? Um, sure, sure. I'll start it out. So we, uh, I'm in Pittsburgh, and Dr. Feldman is in Denver, Colorado. But we are writing these reports and consulting with attorneys all over the, the entire country. And in fact, some of our busiest clients are in Florida, the Northeast. Um, We do have attorneys in Colorado. There's some in the Midwest. There's no licensure requirement. There's no uh, specific state boundary on when a physician can or cannot offer and render a medical opinion. And so our reports really are universal. And 
We've had uh, to estimate future medical costs in different states and different cities, and we take that into account when we're estimating the costs of those that medical care. But really, our ability to consult on and help with cases is truly uh, nationwide and, and universal. I don't know if you have anything else you'd like to add to that, Armin. Uh, no, I, th- I think you handled that one really well. Um, shall I jump in with another one? Yeah, why don't I why don't I uh, give you the next one that I have here, uh, and I'll let sure. you address it. So it said, I have a new client with a pre-existing condition who was injured in an auto accident. He got whiplash when he was T-boned, and he was hit on the front passenger side of his car. He's had constant severe neck pain since the accident five months ago. He's had some residual neck pain for the past five years due to a work-related neck injury and a slip and fall. He has not been treated for neck pain over the last four years. Is this something you could help me with? Yes, absolutely. This is something that we can uh, help you with. And this brings up um, maybe a couple of things. I'll try to be brief. So the first thing that this brings up is this whole issue of pre-existing conditions. And so uh, the other issue it brings up is this issue of apportionment. Sometimes um, we can determine that the pre-exist, there is no pre-existing condition, which might be the case in this particular case, because if this client had uh, a, an injury five years ago and has been symptom, asymptomatic, has no problems over the past four years, uh, I'd ha- we'd have to see what the medical records say and interview the client. But uh, there certainly is a good possibility that uh, it would be our opinion that there is no pre-existing condition. Uh, but uh, if there is, a lot of the attorneys that we work with, what they would want us to do is give our best opinion to a reasonable degree of medical probability or certainty uh, about an apportionment, uh, that the current accident uh, is accounting for 80% of the client's current symptoms and the slip and fall is accounting the residual problem is accounting for 20% say, but sure, sure. We can help you with that. Something we do all the time, right, Mike? Yep. And I've had similar apportionments between uh, two car crashes that people have had in the time frame that their cases have been open and they've right. been uh, trying to settle and work through someone was in two different serious car crashes. That's come up for me actually a few times. Yeah, it kind of surprises me, actually, that uh, it's not that uncommon that someone is in an auto crash and then they get in another one not too uh, soon after that first one. And it's kind of uh, remarkable that that happens, but it does. I've had the attorneys tell me on those cases that they honestly feel like some people have like big red X's on them. And (laughs) they're not joking. I mean, it's kind of like a lighthearted thing to say. But right. they've told me that, that they believe because they've seen it where certain people are just really prone to uh, seem prone to these accidents. Right. All right. Let's go to another one. Okay. Uh, this one uh, is, I'm reading this from my list here. Do you work with certified life care planners? And if not, how do you uh, estimate future medical care and costs? Uh, are these blanket generic estimates? Great. So we do not specifically work with certified life care planners. That would be a, a separate 
uh, service that the attorneys do often seek out for complex cases. Right. And it's an incredibly useful, valuable service for them. I've seen these reports. Uh, we've discussed and had meetings with certified life care planners not relating to this consulting work. So I know how valuable it is. Our estimates of future medical care and costs are solely our medical opinion. And we do research, whether it be from previous cases where we've seen the cost of care, whether we use the internet or hospital records or billing statements that are put out by various societies for the cost and routine cost of certain surgeries or procedures. Uh, For instance, every city in the country has a different estimate for the cost of physical therapy, per se. If you're getting physical therapy in New York City versus Omaha, Nebraska, there's going to be a different cost to that physical therapy. So when we're consulting on cases, we do put that amount of customized effort in to estimating future medical care and costs, and we have a a full graph or table, I guess is a better way of putting it, a table that lists what the estimated future care is and what that estimated cost would be within reason. Because we also know that if we give our attorneys some outlandish number that's out of left field, it's really not going to help them to move the case forward or settle uh favorably. It's actually just going to appear very, maybe even insulting to opposing counsel. So we keep our estimates very realistic. We can explain them. We often include explanations for exactly why each portion of that estimated future care, what its role is. And then in the table, we include its cost. Right. So something else I'd say about that, Mike, is, and I think our attorney listeners know this, but, um, Certified life care plans can be extremely useful to a case. And I've seen the, the, my attorney clients use these typically in catastrophic cases. Uh, and But for a routine, what I like to call a bread and butter case, the cost uh, of having a certified life care planner probably doesn't make sense. And we can render these opinions for the attorneys in our reports, obviously with a lot less cost, but, and we do it to a reasonable degree of medical probability uh, and experience over the last 17 years certainly has proven out that our doing this for the case uh, is a valid way to make these determinations for the purpose of a settlement. We've even had attorneys reach out to us just for this service. And that's maybe a good example of how flexible these services can be is I've, I've had an attorney that had already created the whole settlement offer. They just needed a reliable estimate of future medical care and costs. And we were able to tailor that for them. Um, which I think is, again, a good explanation of one of the 17 different services that you've come up with that's listed on our website that, that we offer to these attorneys. Yep. Let's, let's go on. Let's, okay. let's All do right. another one. So I, this is uh, for you, Armin. Okay. I have a 31-year-old client who was injured in an auto accident who had multiple injuries, including but not limited to a ruptured lumbar disc a fractured hip, and depression. My client was hospitalized for surgery to repair a fracture at the head of her femur due to a traumatic hip dislocation and impact. She got MRSA, which is often called MRSA, while hospitalized. 
is the MRSA, MRSA, due to her traumatic injuries? Yeah, wow. good question. And uh, I think I may have briefly talked about a case that I had not too long ago with where a woman had multiple traumatic injuries when she was uh, smacked uh, while up in the mountains. And I actually did a, a lot of research about this. And the bottom line, what I told the attorney, and this would be the same in this case, is that the traumatic injuries, having traumatic injuries in and of themselves uh, isn't going to, in my case, it was, did it cause sepsis, isn't going to cause sepsis, and in this case, um, isn't going to cause the MRSA. But it would be uh, my opinion, I'd have to read everything, but it would be my opinion that the MRSA is accident-related because the client had to get into the hospital, had to have surgery. MRSA often comes up if there's an abrasion or a surgical incision. It's common in places where there are lots of groups of people, soldiers, students, that, uh, that kind of thing. Uh, and it certainly exists in hospitals as well. So the trauma didn't cause the MRSA. I think the client most likely got the MRSA because they uh, had a surgical incision and were unfortunate enough to get the MRSA secondary to that incision being made. Uh, so that would be my thought on that. Any thoughts, Mike? No, that's great. Great answer. Let's do another one. Okay. All right. Let's do another one. Um, Here's one. I, I like this one. Uh, by the way, this was from an attorney, Doug, in Wichita. Um, and the question is, how long does it take to get the case reports that your attorneys use in settlements? How long does it take to get them? Like our turnaround time? Right. So that's easy. So our average turnaround time on our comprehensive medical summary reports is about two to three weeks. Often, often two weeks, but just because of uh, getting records together and uh, scheduling the client phone call, it often is two to three weeks. And I don't know if this was baked into that question or not, yeah. but those reports take us anywhere from six to 10 hours of our own work time. And the, uh, yeah, we're, we're very efficient. And it's, it's really usually comes down to scheduling the phone call and, and really getting all the medical records in. Right. Well, that's a great answer. And just a slight bit spooky because my thought when you were talking was I was going to say what our average length of hours were on a case as well. You beat me to it, even though we are in two different cities, apparently we have some mental telepathy. <laughs> nice. So let's do another one. All right. Uh, this just said, can you help me prepare deposition questions for an expert witness? Yep. The answer is uh, we certainly can. So what we'll do in a case like that is obviously we'll talk to the attorney. We will read all the medical records. We will interview the client and then we'll put our uh, and talk to the attorney specifically about do they have some particular approach that they want to use with this expert? Have they um, uh, had this expert in a deposition or a trial at some other time? Uh, and then 
uh, we'll use the medical literature and put our thinking cap on and uh, develop questions that we think would be uh, pertinent to the case and useful uh, to the attorney that has hired us to prepare them to go to trial by uh, asking uh, the specific questions that in that deposition. And w when I do this, I'm typically coming up with 10, 15 questions that the attorney can ask uh, the expert at the medical expert at deposition. They typically don't use all of them, but they certainly use some of them. I'd like to share a quick example of this, Armin. I recently had an attorney ask me for insight as to the monetary reimbursement schedule of physicians and surgeons. And the attorney was kind of convinced in this medical malpractice case that the that the the physician, the surgeon, may have been performing surgeries in a, in a fashion that was highly financially beneficial to him or her. Mm -hmm. And he didn't really understand the nature of how surgical compensation was done. And he, mm -hmm. he was going to be deposing this doctor in a couple weeks. And he wanted to ask me all about, uh, you know, complicated terms that to us is second nature, like RVUs and compensation plans, because he wanted sure. to try to understand if he could prove any financial motivation for the the volume mm -hmm. that this surgeon w was uh, conducting various surgeries and had complications. Right. Um, I also want to mention that we've been hired to review depositions after they're done because of our affordable hourly rate. Unlike medical experts, mm -hmm. uh, most medical experts, we're able to quickly and affordably go through an entire deposition and help our attorneys really navigate some of the more difficult topics, medical lingo, questions that they should ask maybe the next in the next deposition or things that smell a little funny, you know. So that yeah. comes up too. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. You want right, to? You want to? Yeah, go for it. Uh, let's see. Is is it my turn to ask a question? Yeah. Okay. Um, this is from a physician listener. Uh, I'm a recently retired ENT doctor. Can any physician do this work, or certain, or is it for certain specialties only? Anyone can do, any physician can do this work. Uh, the really, Armin, uh, I'll, I'll kick this to you kind of quickly since you are the pioneer of this uh, forensic medicine field of medical legal consulting. But yeah, anyone, any physician with our medical knowledge training, uh, which is medical school, residency, all of us have worked in an ER at some point in our careers. We've managed patients. We're were uh, medically very astute to various conditions. It's really learning and putting that medical knowledge, that broad medical knowledge, into a, uh, a legal box, a container, and understanding how to best serve our attorneys. And that training is something that Armin's conferences and his guidance and mentorship allow, has allowed people to expedite. I mean, any, any physician could do this on their own, but before, because I have a feeling Armin's not going to really toot his own horn too loudly whenever I pass it over. I just want to uh, echo that, you know, with his guidance, learning the medical or the legal lingo, where we fit in, how we can best be valuable and fit into the legal process has really been the key. And any physician, uh, whether actively practicing, retired, 
extremely valuable knowledge that we have to offer to PI, workers' comp, and med mal attorneys. Yeah, let me just jump in. So uh, as everybody knows by now, I have a training program. I also have a one-year coaching program, my training program, uh, that's on the um, how do you start up and successfully run your business. It's on the medicine that you need to know, and it's a year of coaching with me. You are not in this alone. But what I would say in answer to the question is – I don't think I've trained someone from every specialty, but I have trained physicians from just about every specialty. And you can get trained and learn how to do this kind of medical legal consulting. And uh, because we are working uh, on those approximately eight or nine uh, out of 10 cases that are negotiated and settled, we're helping the attorney with the negotiation process. Uh, any physician in any specialty can learn to do this. Now, obviously, if the case is going to trial, the attorney will need medical experts in every area of injury. But uh, this training is all about the pre-trial, pre-litigation phase of the case. Before we do our next question, Armin, I should mention, if you have any questions as we talk about this, email us at comments at physicianshelpingattorneys.com or find us on LinkedIn and just send us a connection request and send us a message there. We're both more than happy to uh, answer your questions or interact, whether you are a listener uh, as a physician, as an attorney, or who, whatever right. your, your role is. So are you up for another question, Armin? Yeah, let's uh, let's do a couple more. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this we've covered this before on the on the on the podcast, but I I think it's it's so important. Let's let's just do it again. It's come in a couple times and it made the list here. Just says, please explain again what the difference is between what you do and what expert witnesses do. Right. So it goes back to what I was saying a, a moment ago, uh, and for the purposes of negotiating and settling a case. Uh, Any physician can render those opinions. You certainly want to back them up with evidence from the literature. You certainly want to know how to write uh, your reports, but any physician can uh, render those uh, medical opinions. So we answer, as medical legal consultants, we answer any kind of medical question that comes up in the case. And one of the reasons we're able to do this is we back up our opinions with evidence from the literature. Now, obviously not pulling them out of thin air just by our experience and training. So uh, the way our system works, of course, our attorneys know this, is that if the case is going to trial, as I said a moment ago, then you need experts uh, in every area of injury. But for the purpose of negotiating and settling cases, for the purpose of helping the attorney get the appropriate medical care for their clients, to help the attorneys really understand the medicine, tease out everything that's in the case, uh, and to save them time, uh, medical legal consultants uh, are well-suited. And really, that's our specialty. That's our expertise, is to be able to take a broad look at every every medical issue going on in the case and help that attorney to better negotiate that case, settle the case for better value. I'll also just add, I don't think it's it's too much to say. We're also generally 
more collaborative in nature on these cases, uh, working directly with our PI attorneys and our MedMal attorneys. And also, uh, we're typically much more affordable and usually have a quicker turnaround time. Uh, it it's, right. is what it is. We, we this is this is exactly what we do. Exactly. Yeah. So um, let's we we know I know we have a couple of shorty questions. Okay. Um, should we throw one of those in? Yeah. Go ahead. Give me one. Okay. Um, let's see. Do you have uh, orthopedic surgeons that work for you? My case involves multiple rotator cuff surgeries after an auto accident, and I need to provide support for the uh, for the necessity of the medical care that my client received. I remember when this one came in. So mm -hmm. we don't specifically have like this arsenal of experts that we pull in specifically for every nuanced opinion on these uh, comprehensive medical summaries. But what we do is using our medical knowledge and familiarity with these injuries, whether it's a herniated disc, a rotator cuff injury, mild traumatic brain injury, complex regional plane syndrome, depression, anxiety, whatever PTSD, whatever it is, we're so familiar with it. And I don't expect most attorneys to realize that there are doctors like us who are doing this medical legal consulting work for them, who are familiar with these different, all these different conditions. But we make our opinions assertively and confidently and do back them up with the medical literature and our experience in seeing how these conditions arise and what future care they need. And then give our medical opinions within a reasonable degree of medical certainty or probability. And then our attorneys know that if a case in the rare instance that it does go to trial, we can help them find experts who will support exactly what we've asserted in these reports because our opinions are, are reliable and spot on. So albeit that we don't have an orthopedic surgeon on speed dial to sign up onto the report, we are making these opinions quickly and affordably and highly uh, effectively for our PI attorneys. Yeah, I don't know if this is tangential or not, Mike, but you know, we tell attorneys that we help them to increase case value, save attorney time, we do it without breaking the bank. That actually isn't a slogan. That is an empiric fact. We say that because now uh, after 17 years of doing this, we know that to be a fact. It's in fact it's it's rare that we are involved in a case where we don't actually add value to the case. Oftentimes that's money to the bottom line. It could be something else like uh, finding a diagnosis, a traumatic diagnosis that hadn't been made, uh, or even uh, letting the attorney know um, probably uh, the, how the client is presenting wouldn't represent a terribly good case for you. Good points. All right, uh, we'll do an, I'll read you another one here. All right. What is the usual procedure once you get a case? Right. Uh, that's, a, that's a short one because I think I've said this a million times already, but we're going to talk to the attorney. Uh, we are then going to read all the medical records. 
where then in every situation, every case we're involved in, we're going to interview the client of the attorney. Uh, typically, we do that by phone or Zoom on that rare occasion where we feel it's necessary. We can interview the client in the attorney's conference room. Then we'll do uh, the uh, medical research that we need to do. Then we'll put our thoughts together and probably... Um, I don't know, 80%, 85% of the time, we are writing a report. Sometimes we do a verbal report. Sometimes a report isn't necessary. Um, but that's our standard procedure. That might be our last one. I, I just saw the time. I peeked down. Okay. Are, you, are you okay ending it there? Yeah, let's end it there. All right. And we should mention that if you're watching us on YouTube, Go ahead and don't be afraid to click that subscribe button and that bell to get notified when we post new episodes. And if you're listening on the audio version of this podcast, go ahead and follow us or whatever the terminology is for getting alerted to updates so you don't miss any episodes. We try to do these about every other week. So if you're an attorney, you have a case, uh, please uh, send us an email or give us a message on LinkedIn. Send us an email to comments at physicianshelpingattorneys.com. And we really look forward to having you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to Physicians Helping Attorneys Helping People. For more information about the show and to listen to all the podcast episodes, go to physicianshelpingattorneys.com. You can also email Armin and Mike at comments at physicianshelpingattorneys.com.